let's give a really warm welcome to Nick Brule. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you. As she said, this is going to be recorded for posterity, so all applause should be enthusiastic and deafening from here on. We have enough time, I think, to read two books together. And afterwards, I think I'll take some questions from anyone who has any. Does that sound all right? All right, so beginning with this. Do you guys know this book? You do? What is the title of this book? Very good. Who's that on the cover? Who could have possibly knocked over the table and made a big old mess on the floor? Who could have possibly ripped up the sofa, torn up the lamp, broken the glass on the picture frame? Who could have possibly ripped up the chair, written her name on the wall, and vandalized this picture of an otherwise handsome young man? And who is this sneaking off into the corner? She wasn't always a bad kitty. She used to be a good kitty. Until one day, oh dear, we're all out of food for the kitty. All we have are some healthy and delicious. A, asparagus. B, beets. C, cauliflower. D, dill. Ack, says the kitty. Eggplants, fennel, garlic, horseradish. Eek, says the kitty. Iceberg lettuce, jalapenos, kidney beans, leeks. Eek, says the kitty. Mushrooms, navy beans, onions, parsnips. Oh no, says the kitty. Squashes, radishes, spinach, tomatoes. Ugh, says the kitty. Rhubarb, vegetable stew, watercress, shigua, which is a Chinese variety of watermelon. Yuck, says the kitty. Yams and zucchini. Kitty was not happy, not happy at all. That's when she decided she would be a But not just any bad kitty, but a very, very bad, bad, bad kitty she A ate my homework. B bit grandma. C clawed the curtains. D damaged the dishes. Endangered the goldfish. Flooded the bathroom. Grappled with guests, hurled hairballs at our heads. Irritated the baby, jumped on the bed, knocked over the lamp, loitered, which is a fancy word that means hanging around where you don't belong. Was mean to my mommy, was nasty to daddy's neckties, overturned her cat box, plotted against us. Quarreled with our neighbor, and the letter here reads, Dear neighbor, meow, hiss, 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 meow, meow, hiss, meow, sincerely, the kitty. Ruined the rug, sold my toys, tormented a little mouse, untied my shoes, was violent with the vet, 
wrote on the walls, examined my diary, yowled all night, and zeroed the zinnias. What a bad kitty. What a very, very bad, bad, bad kitty. But then, I'm back from the grocery store and look at all the good food I bought for Kitty. We have... I'm gonna pause here a moment. I'm gonna get back to the story in about a minute. But I asked you earlier if you knew this book and a few of you said you, you did. So for the, yeah, so you know that what's gonna come next is a whole nother alphabetical array but of some very weird sounding foods that Kitty happens to like, right? Well, about three years ago, I was curious about something. I was curious to know if any of these weird-sounding foods that Kitty happens to like happen to be real. So I did what you're always supposed to do when you're curious, is that I decided to do a little research, which, as you kids know and learned in school, means that I went to my local bookstore and I went to my local library. I even went onto the internet. I looked everywhere I can think of to find out if any of these weird sounding foods happen to be real. And what I discovered is that several of these foods happen to be real. And I'm gonna point them out to you, but I want you to feel free to guess. That goes for all of you. So we begin with A, an assortment of anchovies. Is that real? Yeah, right, yeah, you get a can of the grocery store, you put it on pizza, it's delicious, very good. Moving on, B, buffalo burritos, it's real. C, chicken cheesecake, yeah, it's real. D, a donkey named Dave, no. Just because you name a donkey Dave doesn't mean you have to eat him. Elephant eggs, no. Fried flies, no. Goose goulash, Yes. Hippo hamburgers? No. Insect ice cream? No. Jellyfish jelly? No. Did you say yes? No, only on SpongeBob, doesn't count. Kangaroo kidney pie? Yes, they eat it in Australia. Lizard lasagna? No. Moose a la mode? No. Nightingale nuggets? No. An order of opossum? Yes. Penguin pizza? No. Quail quiche? Yes. Rhino ravioli? No. Shark sushi? Yes. Very popular in Japan. Turtle turnovers? No. Uncle Murray? Definitely not. A variety of vultures? No. Whale waffles? No. An excess of Tyrannosaurus Rex? No. Yak yogurt? Yes. Yeah, are you surprised? Oh, you know how I found out? I had uh, fans of this book who were traveling through Mongolia. Mongolia is this country that's north of China. And they sent me an email about what they saw inside a grocery store there, because what they saw was a, a shelf completely filled with containers all labeled in English, yak yogurt. Do you think these are, this is yogurt that's made out of yak? No, it's yogurt that's made out of, or made from yak milk. And baked zebra ziti. 
No. But now Kitty was happy. Very, very happy. She decided that from now on she would be a... But not just any good kitty, but a very, very good, good, good kitty. She, A, apologized to Grandma. B, bought me new toys. C, cleaned her cat box. D, drove me to school. Erased the wall, finished my homework, gave to UNICEF, hugged the little mouse, invited affection, joined the jamboree, kissed the goldfish, left the lamp alone, mopped the bathroom, was nice to my mommy, sang opera all night, now the neighbors are shouting, bravo, encore, more, more, was polite to the vet, quit quarreling with our neighbor, and now the letter here reads, dear neighbor, purr, 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 sincerely the kitty repaired the curtains, and you'll notice that she's using little patches of what used to be daddy's neckties, saved the day, tied my shoes, didn't eat Uncle Murray, vacuumed the floor, washed the car, filed our taxes, gave me a yellow yo-yo, and lulled the baby to sleep. What a good kitty. What a very, very good, good, good kitty. How can we reward such a good kitty? I know, look kitty. We've brought you a new friend. You can play together, and you can go to the park together, and you can share your food with him. Uh-oh, the end. All right. Enthusiastic and definite. Thank you very much. Right. Now, I appreciate that. Thank you. Let me take a moment here. Mm. I water. So, now, the next book I'm going to read to you is this one up here on the top shelf. There it is. Now, now conventional people might read to you right from the beginning of the book, but I like to read from, from, from the middle of this one because... Um, for all of my books, for all the chapter books and all the everything, I always have a favorite section. And my favorite section in this book is this one that I titled Media and Money. Now, the reason I came up with the idea for this book in the first place was, was you know, it takes about a whole year to make a book. And when I was making this book, I knew it would be coming out in 2012. So the idea, I started thinking about what comes, what's going to happen in 2012. Well, there's going to be the Olympics, but I kind of covered that in Bad Kitty Meets the Baby. But there's also this, this gruesome thing we call a general election, which we elect the President of the United States. And I thought that might be kind of a fun and interesting way to, to show how Kitty is going to run for the office of the President of the Neighborhood Cat Club but that she's going to have to go through all the steps that, that uh, uh, anybody was, else is going to have to go through to become president of the United States. So up till now, we have discovered a few things. We, one, we know that, that the, the, the cat that's going to be running against Bad Kitty will be Big Kitty. And we know that she's tried her hard to start her campaign, but she's having a little trouble. 
And so, the, and, and just before all this, she had a little bit of a confrontation with Big Kitty. And that's when we begin the chapter, chapter four, Media and Money. Good morning, Kitty. Are you ready for another day of pounding the pavement and knocking on doors for your campaign? Oh, what's this, Kitty? Today's newspaper? And that's when we see the front page of the Daily News hissy fit. Cat candidate freaks out. I'll let you read the small copy on your own. Well, I wouldn't worry too much about this, Kitty. People will forget all about this soon enough. And once we begin discussing the issues they care most about, I think we can rely on the voters to make an educated decision. It's just a good thing there wasn't a video camera there to record, and Kitty clicks on her mouse of her keyboard, and we see the ViewTube video labeled Cat Candidate Goes Nutso, viewed a little over 18 million times. Hmm. Well, I guess that Big Kitty is a pretty shrewd campaigner after all. But never mind all that, Kitty. Let's go out and pound the pavement. Let's go knock on some... No. Why aren't you coming with me, Kitty? Kitty, what are you trying to tell me? Are... Are, are you firing me, Kitty? Are you serious? Wow, I really didn't see that coming. But how will you run your campaign without me? You need me, don't you? Don't you? And Kitty clicks once more on the mouse. When we turn to the next page and we see her website, www.badkittyforpresident.com. If you love freedom, give me money, donate now. Actual website, by the way. You have your own campaign website? But how? You couldn't have done this yourself, and who would be goofy enough to make a campaign website for a cat? Who would be so irresponsible as to make a campaign website for you? Who could have been possibly tricked into... Oh, who did she get to do it for her? Uncle Murray. Which brings us, if you don't know these books, to one of the many Uncle Murray fun facts. Why did you do it when we learned about campaign financing law, we learned about PACs and political action committees, and we learned about uh, 527 groups, but we move, I'll let you read the details of that on your own. First of all, Kitty, I can't believe there are people out there who are goofy enough to send you money. But I suppose if Uncle Murray was goofy enough to make you a website so you can find people goofy enough to send you money, then I suppose anything is possible. So what do you plan to do with your money anyway? Why are you picking up that remote kitty? Is it time for paw and order? Or all my kitties? Or no, you didn't. Please tell me you didn't. You did. And kitty clicks on her television remote when we see the first of two campaign commercials. This is kitty. What a good kitty. Such a very good kitty. Isn't she a good kitty? Yes, she is. Gosh, she's such a good kitty. Such a very, very good, good, good kitty. Don't be a jerk. Vote for a kitty. This is Kitty, and she approved this message. Well, Kitty, that commercial may be the most revolting thing I've ever seen on television. 
Kitty, you can't just make yourself out to be what you think people want to see. If you want to be president, then you have to be honest about who you are. Plus, voters care about issues. You have to tell voters where you stand on the things they care most about. Have you forgotten all about the stray cat issue? That's why you were running for president in the first place. Now, please tell me that you have something more to show that will address the important issues of the day. And Kitty goes, ha, 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 clicks on the remote, and that's when we see the next of a campaign commercial. What do we really know about Big Kitty? Oh sure, he's big. But lots of things are big. Elephants are big. Cars are big. And dogs are big. That's right, dogs. Big, stupid, sloppy dogs that stink and drool and poop wherever the heck they want. Big Kitty is as big as a dog. It makes you wonder. Could Big Kitty really be a dog? Paid for by the coalition to make sure that dogs are not secretly elected to be president of the neighborhood cat club. The coalition to make sure that dogs are not secretly elected to be president of the neighborhood cat club? What the blankety blank is that? Oh, Kitty. You went and found some 527 group, also known as a super PAC, that would go out there and smear boy Big Kitty just to further your campaign, didn't you? You know that Big Kitty isn't really a dog, don't you? Don't give me that big, innocent look, Kitty. I don't care that you're not the one who actually made the ad, and I don't care that you're not even mentioned in the ad. You claim to know nothing about the organization that made this ad, but I don't believe it for a second. Ping. Ring, ring. Hello? Yes, I see. Okay, I'll tell her. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, Kitty, now you'll have to put your money where your mouth is. You've been invited to have a public debate with Big Kitty on the day before the election. That's right. Now you'll have to stand before all the voters and explain to him, them just why you should be their best choice to represent them as president. Kitty? Kitty? Uh-oh. End of chapter four. Thank you very much. So, go. Oh, all right, see? Deafening and enthusiastic. That's what they need on, on it. So does anyone have any eye questions for me about my eye work as an eye illustrator and eye author? How many books have you made? How many books have I made? That's an excellent question. You know, you'd think with a, 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 such an excellent question, I'd just be able to give you a, a, a simple number, like 13 or 14 or so. But the problem is, it takes me around nine months to make a book. Then I hand in the book. I hand in all the words. I hand in all the pictures. Then it takes as much as a year for the book to come out. And there's a whole lot of complicated reasons for it, but it takes a whole year for, that, for all my words and all my pictures to be made into a book that appears on the shelves in, in, in the bookstore or on your library or on your, 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 your iTouch. Now, during that time, I don't just wait for that book to come out. I start on another book. And I may even finish writing the words and making all the pictures for that book, for the next book, before, long before the next book, that first book comes out. I may even start on another one, so that's why I lose count. I think it's 13, it might be 14. I, I, I lose count. What is your question? How did you get the idea of Bad Kitty? How did I get the idea of Bad Kitty? The idea for Bad Kitty came to me in a funny way. And, and I put it this way. 
when, 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 when I have to sit down and start writing a story, it is very challenging for my brain to, to have that sheet of paper in front of me and that pen in my hand and begin a story going, once upon a time, fill in the blank. That's a really, really big blank. My brain can't handle it. So I like to give my, my, my brain little mental jump start exercises. And one of the ones I use is where I, I don't think of the story first, I actually think of the title. And so that's what I was doing. Was about eight or nine years ago, I was sitting at home, and, and, and I just started thinking of interesting book titles. Titles I'd never seen before, titles I didn't think existed. And I would write them down as they came to me. And, and I wrote down a bunch I liked, and I wrote down, frankly, a bunch that I did not like, but I found myself settling on this one title, Bad Kitty. I liked that title. And that's when I started asking myself questions like, well, what could this book be about? If I have a title like Bad Kitty, well, it's going to be about a cat that does something bad, right? The next question I asked myself was, all right, what does the cat do that is so bad? And that's when I came up with so many ideas, I thought it would be interesting if I put them into alphabetical order. And that's how that first book took shape. Good question. Who else has a question? Right there, what's your question there? How do you draw a bad kitty? How do I draw a bad kitty? Um, well, you know, I don't think there's any way to, 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 to instrument. This is where a blackboard would actually come in handy instead of a, a gigantic computer screen. But what I do is, is um, I use pencil and use brush. And you know what? You can find out on yourself. I'm going to tell you how you learned how to draw. You know how when you're in school and, 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 and your teachers always say to you, don't copy. That's cheating. Don't plagiarize. Don't copy from, from what your neighbor is doing. And they're right. You don't copy words. But when it comes to learning how to draw, the opposite is true. You're actually supposed to copy. So if you want to learn how to draw a bad kitty, the best thing you can do is to open up a book with bad kitty and try to draw it yourself. Just look at that and try to copy it. In fact, it's even OK. In fact, it's, it's, it's even a good idea to take tracing paper and put it over that drawing and trace it, and trace Kitty. What's that? You've done that? You, you've tried doing that? Or you have this book? I, I had like this different type of book, and I used tracing paper, and it was like this snake book. Uh-huh, okay, so, so you've done that then. You've tried tracing, and did that help you how to, that help you drawing? Yeah, it did, good, see? And you can do that not just with Bad Kitty, but you can do that with anything. Like if you, if you have like a comic book with superheroes, or that's because that's how I learned how to draw. I, I was always copying drawings, of, you know, of, of Batman and Spider-Man and such myself, so that I could learn how to draw superheroes. And that's that's how you learn. Who else had a question? I believe this young lady in the front row right here. Do I have a kitty at your home? Do I have a kitty at my home? I do. I have a very sweet, lovely kitty. Her name is Esmeralda. And if you look in the back, the appendix of Bad Kitty Gets a Bath, you'll see a picture of her. And, and there's also a picture of her. Actually, there was a picture in here, too, on the YouTube video. She's one of the, she, she's, she, she comments on the video. So I, I like to describe Esmeralda this way. Esme is the sweetest, most loving, most affectionate cat I have ever known and I have the scars to prove it. Because here's the thing about cats. If you have ever known a cat, if you have ever owned a cat, then you know what I'm about to tell you is true. 
It doesn't matter how sweet they are. It doesn't matter how loving they are. It doesn't matter how much they like to rub up against your leg or sleep peacefully in your lap. They all have a dark side. And it is that dark side that, that I tap into to create this personality of Bad Kitty that's allowed me to do so many books about her. How did Bad Kitty like be mean just because they were all out of food? Oh, why was Bad Kitty so mean? Because she, was it really because they were all out of food? Yeah, you know, when I came up with the idea, remember how I was talking to you about how I came up with the idea for Bad Kitty? And it started with a title, but then I started asking myself questions. And the first question I asked me was, what are all the bad things she does with a title like Bad Kitty? And I came up with lots and lots of different ideas. So the next question was, I had to ask myself was exactly the question you just asked. Why would Bad Kitty do all these bad things? And I started thinking about cats in general. And, and I find that cats are always at their worst behavior where, when food is somehow involved. And usually it's either the food they don't like or the, they're just, we're just out of food, or you're late with the food, and that sort of thing. So, so I thought I would do an alphabet of foods that she would not like. And at first, I just I came up with all sorts of ridiculous ideas, but then I thought it might be kind of interesting to do an um, alphabet of vegetables, not only because cats don't really like vegetables, but a lot of kids don't like vegetables, because um, that's not actually true, but you know, in most cases. In fact, my daughter loves broccoli, and I knew a woman who had a cat that loved asparagus. So, so, you know, it's what they call artistic license. I decided to do all sorts of foods that the kitty doesn't like. Are we out of question? Any more? Anyone else? Big kids in the box seats? Why does the kitty be mean? Why is the kitty mean? Why is the kitty mean? You know what? I think I, there's something about me that I like ornery characters. It's kind of fun to write about bad characters for two reasons. One, when you write about bad characters and, and read about bad characters, you kind of get to live out all of their lives. You get to sort of pretend like you're doing all those bad things that you could never really do for real. You could try, but sometimes you get in trouble. The other reason why it's kind of fun to write about mean, bad characters is that it gives you the opportunity to redeem them. And it gives you an opportunity to make them good characters in the end. And, 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 and that's kind of a fun way to, to, to develop a character and give her a lot of personality. So that's why I like making her so mean. Good question. Anyone else? Yes, young lady in the box seat in the balcony. Can you please go back to that question of how you drew this kitty and what gave you the idea and um, what made you finally decide on this particular drawing of the kitty? Sure, sure. Maybe if we can get... Well, you know, you can just look at it here. And you may hear, especially when you um, look at uh, animation, how uh, whole teams of artists will sit down and, and they'll do tons and tons and tons of different drawings of the same character until they decide on one. That actually did not happen for me. Kitty is modeled after a cat I had when I was a little boy named Zuzu. The cat was named Zuzu, not me. And, and Zuzu had this sort of design as a cat that I always loved. She was all black, except for this elegant little tuft of white fur on our chest. So when it came time for me to decide what Kitty 
would look like, I immediately thought of Zuzu. So I sat down and I did one painting of this cat and I was done. I knew exactly this is what she wanted, she was going to be. She had this black cat with just a little tuft of white fur and yellow eyes. Now the interesting thing about this is that you know, this would be almost eight, nine years ago I did this painting. I didn't know then that about five years later I would adapt this character into chapter book format. And I, that I would do is, I mean, when I'm finished with the one I'm working on now, there'll be seven chapter books about here. And all those illustrations inside the book are going to be black and white and gray. So I could not have planned it better if I tried, having made her this deep black cat like it did with that one little painting. Now, mind you, it's not always that easy. I did another book that my father wrote called Bob and Otto. It's about a friendship between a worm and a caterpillar. Uh, the worm came easily enough because worms look like worms. But I went through easily 40 different paintings of the caterpillar, this little yellow and blue caterpillar, until I decided this was the caterpillar I wanted it to be. So all I can say is that I got really, really, really lucky with Bad Kitty. It's not always the case. Anyone else? Yes, sir. When you're inspired to create a new book, yes. do you put on illustrations before you put the content in, or which one takes first? Okay, precedence? what comes first? Yeah. Um, usually the story or the idea or the concept comes first. It doesn't come, it comes from my sort of writing down an idea or an outline, and it comes, uh, it generally does not come from doodling. And I wasn't kidding. For me, I think of the titles first. The titles to my book come generally almost before anything else. I mean, I'll give you examples of my other of other titles. My first book was called Boeing. That was about a baby kangaroo that's learning how to hop. Title came first. Another book I did called is called Who Is Melvin Bubble, and that in that case, actually, the name of the character Melvin Bubble kind of came to me as an interesting name for a character. And then I asked myself the question, okay, who is Melvin Bubble? And then I said, wow, that's a provocative title to a book. And it went from there. So that's generally the case for all of my books. Now, when I'm constructing these books, now I already have the character, I already have her personality. Now it's a matter of, of doing, uh, telling a new story with her in it. The process is usually that I outline it um, entirely with words. And, I have, you know, and, and that's going to be sort of the map I use to what the book's going to be about. Uh, but then I write and draw at the same time because for me, and I, that's going to be true for any illustrated book or any picture book, uh, the picture is going to tell the story just as much as the words are going to tell the story. In fact, sometimes the pictures tell a completely different, if not the opposite um, a story than what the words are doing. I did a sequel to the first Bad Kitty called Poor Puppy. It's about that dog uh, living in that house with that cat at the end of the book. And if you, look, if you read the story just by looking at the pictures, you get a completely different story than what the words are telling you. Um, so, so that's why writing and drawing at the same time, and why I have that luxury of being able to do that as somebody who both writes and illustrates this book. So I'm lucky that way as well. Anyone else? Yes, sure. You, the inquisitive one in the, in the, the balcony. Um, with the first book you showed with the alphabet, yes. I mean, have you done any research or had any feedback that it's a good way for children to learn the alphabet? Typically, 
kids who are reading this book or kids um, uh, who are of age where you, this book would be read to them may already know the alphabet. The one bit of feedback, so learning the actual alphabet, it may not prove necessarily helpful. Where it did prove helpful, and I have uh, been given feedback from, from educators, was that it's, it uses verbs. All of those actions where the cat does something awful or then later on redeems herself, it's an alphabet of verbs. I wasn't conscious of that in, 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 in composing this story, but um, it is true that most alphabet books are A's for apple, B's for bird, C's for cat. They focus on nouns and objects. So mine uh, does the unusual step, takes the unusual step of actually using an alphabet of verbs. And so, so, so doing, t educators have told me that they use this as a reading um, instrument, uh, a teaching instrument of learning to read and learning how sentences are structured with verbs, that sort of thing. So that's, that was kind of a nice uh, 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 happenstance because I had not planned it. Anyone else? Um, thank you very much. I had a lovely time. This was a unique and wonderful experience for me.